This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. everybody, it's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. So a very rare thing. Very, very rare. Is that we don't record an episode on a particular week. It honestly only happens uh, once a year. Actually, since we started, I think it's only ever happened twice so far. <laughs> Which, when you think about it, every Monday, a brand new episode, like Clockwork, happens and is like, how does this happen? How does this happen? So obviously, today is July 4th, Independence Day in the United States. It's a holiday. And so we thought we should take a holiday. And we want to wish you all a very happy 4th of July. We do. And Leah, what are you doing for the holiday? I'm going to a friend's wedding. Oh, that's nice. For me, I'm actually going to be spending the day rereading one of my favorite books, which is Star Spangled Manners, which is by Miss Manners. And it's all about her defending American etiquette. And it's a great book. I haven't read it in a long time. And I thought, oh, this is the perfect day to sit under an umbrella, reread a good book, which for me, of course, is a book by Judith Martin. Obviously, I love it. And also so perfectly, perfectly Independence Day themed. But obviously, we don't want to leave you empty handed. And so we have picked the perfect episode from the archives for this week. Because we were thinking what would be perfect. And we thought beach. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So here's one of our favorite episodes all about beaches and so much more. And so we hope you enjoy. And of course, we'll see you next week. It's only one week. You will be fine. We don't know if we'll be fine. We miss you already. But we'll see you next Monday. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now let's start the show. Let's start the show. Do you wear high heels to polo? Do you litter at the beach? Do you confuse opinions with facts? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better Everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose bouche. Let's get in it. So for today's moose bouche, I want to talk about 
going to a polo match. Oh, wow. I Honestly, if you'd given me a thousand guesses of what it was going to be, I wouldn't have hit it. Great. That's the whole <laughs> point. So have you ever attended polo? I have not. I have seen that scene in Pretty Woman, and that's the closest I've gotten. Okay. I mean, that actually covers a lot of the bases that we're going to be talking about. So <laughs> maybe you don't need me. So for anyone who has not seen Pretty Woman or attended polo. Also, we always need you. I want to say that. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I feel seen. So polo is one of the oldest sports and it's called like the sport of kings because anytime you have horses involved, kings are involved. So it's spread throughout Asia and then I think the English picked it up in India and then brought it back to England and then it kind of made its way to the United States. And so it's two teams of horses and the idea is that you just want to get your ball into the other team's goal. That's it. That's the whole thing. And the field is three times as long as a football field. So it's really wide. Oh, wow. But these are horses. So it takes them precisely zero seconds <laughs> to get from one <laughs> end to the other. And it's divided into periods, which are called chuckers or chuckas. And each period is typically seven and a half minutes long. And a game can be between like four and eight chuckers. So that's kind of all you need to know. It takes about two hours and it's delightful. That's what's happening on the field. But for most people, it's not even about polo. Like polo is the premise, but it's not the point. It's a social thing as referenced in Pretty Woman. So <laughs> it's just a lot of wealthy people strolling around drinking Aperol spritz and champagne and rosé and pims. And there's liquor sponsors and maybe a big white VIP tent and canapes. So that's kind of the vibe. And so what a lot of people who have never been to polo are sort of nervous about are what to wear. So the answer to that is think sort of fancy garden party. Think linen, think flowy, men might be wearing bow ties. And pro tip, just look at photos from last year. Anytime you're going to an event that you've never been to that actually happens regularly, there are photos of it. And just look at last year's photos and you can see what everybody's wearing. And then you'll have a sense of like, oh, what should I wear? So just do that. That's such a great tip for anything. I, I honestly yeah. never would have thought of it. <laughs> yeah. So I do that all the time. So I'm most familiar with Hamptons Polo because I covered opening day at Bridgehampton Polo like every year. Uh, so I've been to a lot of polo games. And that's my type of polo. So that's my reference point. Polo is different in different places. It could be a lot more casual. It could be less sort of like East Coast preppy. So just look at photos. Then you'll have a sense of what's happening. So the one rule, though, is you should never wear high heels. And we'll get to why in a moment. But that's just like, keep that in mind. Don't wear high heels. And some people do picnic or tailgate, and that's fine. That may not be the type of polo you're attending. So you might just want to know, like, oh, are we tailgating? Is that a thing that's happening? If you do tailgate or picnic, just don't get too close to the field. Because these are actual horses, and they are actually <laughs> running very fast. And they often run along the edge of the field. And sometimes they'll run on the other side of the line where you're picnicking and they'll be very close. And there's a mallets that they're swinging and then there's the ball itself, which is flying around. So you definitely want to not be too close and you definitely want to have your wits about you. But the most important thing to know as a spectator is the stomping of the divots. <laughs> and if you're familiar with Pretty Woman, I think you are familiar with this. So what this is, is at halftime. So let's say you're having a six chucker game after the third chucker, all the spectators are invited onto the field to stomp the divots because as the horses are galloping around, they're like kicking up the dirt and the grass. And so you go around and you just sort of like flip them back down and like stomp them down. Like that's what you do. You are supposed to not take your drinks on the field. Mm. Now, you'll probably get yelled at. People do it. I'm just telling you, you'll probably get yelled at. You should leave your drinks behind. And this is why you don't wear high heels because it's all grass. 
and like that's that's how grass works. <laughs> and you just want to be mindful though of the steaming divots, Ooh. which are not actually divots. Oh. So just you know, be careful. But uh, yeah, it's a nice opportunity to sort of stroll and socialize and pretend like you're helping. I don't know why we actually stomp divots. I'm pretty sure they could probably play more of the game without the divots being stomped. But it's just like a polo tradition. It's kind of fun. So that's kind of all you need to know about polo. Fantastic. Giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> And we're back, and now it's time to go deep. Deep and sandy. Yes. And so for today's deep dive, I want to talk about going to the beach. How apropos for the summer months. Indeed. Now, I personally don't love the beach, <laughs> at least during the day. I like night beach because I don't like being in direct sun, but I really do love like a bonfire. So I'm more into like we're around the fire, we're wearing like chunky sweaters, but with shorts and we're like hanging out and we're doing the s'mores thing, but I'm not getting sunburned. So like that I enjoy, but daytime beach, all these people around kicking sand, I'm getting sunburned, not into it. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's a perfect yeah. thing that I would imagine you saying. Yeah. This doesn't sound shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so in thinking about just like beach etiquette, it just feels like the general rule of like, remember that you're not alone, that you're with other people. And that it's not just you out there. Like, I think if we just remember that, like all of these other things go away and we don't have to worry about it. But because I think we forget that, we have a list of things that we need to review. So true. And you're not only with other people, you're also with our great, great water resource. And we don't oh, need yes. to be dropping trash into it. Uh, well, litter. Yeah. I mean, that's like a major, major issue. But I think we should remember that etiquette is not just about being considerate to other people. It is also being considerate to the earth because we all actually live here. So we all need to be on the earth. And so when you're considered to the earth, that actually is considerate to other people. Mm, I love that. So that's why littering is rude. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. Cause it does affect other people. Your litter does affect other people at the end of the day. And the seals and the fish. Right. But I'm mostly concerned on this show <laughs> with the people. <laughs> and so, the dolphins. Um, I'll stop. So don't litter. Yeah, just uh, take it with you. Yeah. And that includes cigarette butts. That includes food waste. That includes anything that you brought with you. Like leave the beach how you found it, which was hopefully clean. It's just like hiking, carry in, carry out. Yeah, exactly. And if you see litter that wasn't yours, just pick it up. Just, you know, do your part. Don't wait for the annual beach cleanup to come. Like you can pick up a piece of trash. Yeah, pick it up, put it in your little trash bag, carry it out. So the next thing on my little list is space yourself out. Why are we crowding? Why are, why are we getting right up on my towel? Like this is a big beach. It's very weird when people come in and there's room and then they sit right near you. Are you a murderer? What, why would you just get up in my stuff? It's the same as if you're in an empty movie theater and someone sits right next to you. In which case... What are you doing? Leave. Oh, I would absolutely get up. Because that's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or when you're on the subway and it's a totally empty train and someone comes and sits next to you. I mean, who does that? That happens to me. It's happened to me so many times. And then I go through this like list of all the reasons why it could happen. And you, you just say, what is happening? So space yourself out, please. You know, there's no need to crowd. Just give everybody some room. That's all we want. And I don't even need you if you're going right down into the water. So many people just like run up on other people's towels. It just, you know, you're still splashing sand up on people if you're running by their towel because then your feet kicks it up. Like, just be aware. As Nick said. Yeah, be aware. Just remember there's other people. That's all you got to do. 
So then let's talk about noise. Mm. Mm. I'm going to let you cover that because <laughs> my misophonia doesn't extend to music. <laughs> I see. <laughs> for me, I don't care for hearing other people's music in public. I, I just would rather that not happen. So I think everyone should just have headphones at the beach. That's all. So funny in my mind, it's very divided. Like if you're at like a state park, you know, where people are probably coming with an easel and they're more spread out. An easel because I'm painting the scene? Yes, yes. Oh, ooh, capture the majesty of the plovers. Yes, that's a much quieter, a quieter beach. But I always, when I'm going to a public, like a beach, like a hangout family party beach, I'm just going to hear music. It's a part of the deal. Yes. Oh, I definitely know that if I'm going to a certain type of beach, it's going to be a certain type of beach experience. Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm on South Beach, like I, I know the deal. I get it. I know what's happening here. I'm not going to have pin drop quiet. But, you know, in general, though, I think it is nice to be mindful of other people's ear space and know that not everybody wants to listen to your music. I'll just start dancing. Yeah, we're on different pages on this. <laughs> my tolerance is much lower than yours. And then next on my list is ball throwing, especially throwing things over people's heads. I've definitely been at the beach where like someone's playing Frisbee right over my head. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you're probably going to not hit me, but you might. You might. It's very anxiety. It's a lot of anxiety for people sitting down. Yeah, and when it's supposed to be like a relaxing day at the beach, that's not helping. Yeah, just move away from people. And I don't know what there is to say, but for nude beaches, do your homework, I think is, is, the, <laughs> le is the lesson there. Um, you know, the etiquette can be different, you know? It could be nude at the beach, but not in the parking lot. So, you know, you just want to know what are, what are the rules? I mean, to call back to something Nick said earlier, it's probably good to Google what people were wearing there last year <laughs> and act accordingly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just do your homework. That's all. And the last thing on my list is if you're with somebody at the beach and they start getting burned and don't realize it, I think it is polite and also a good idea to like let them know. Like, oh, you're looking a little burned or you're getting a little red. Like you might want to reapply some sunblock. That's, I think that's very nice that you added that. Yeah. Especially as somebody who uh, the other day was outside and I took off my outside shirt. What? I had on like a, a longer sleeve shirt and I got hotter. And so I pulled it off. And so I hadn't had sunscreen. Oh, it just, you were wearing a shirt over a shirt. It's not the shirt that you wear outside. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I see. <laughs> I was leaving the house today, so I put my outside shirt on. Okay. Which I can very much see that being in my lexicon, so I see why That's I why I had to follow up. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have an inside shirt. This is one of two of them, and the other one's uh, <laughs> blue tie-dye. But, and then I, I got burned on my shoulders, because I just wasn't thinking, because obviously I had sunscreen everywhere else. Mm. And I would have been totally fine if one of my my friends had been like, oh, you are crisping. Yeah, I think uh, being told this is uh, nice because you don't always realize it. Yeah, you, sometimes you're just blanking it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, with the beach, or I think anything in life, just you're not alone. It's not only about you. There are other people around. So just be mindful. And then we could all have a good time. Or at least try, if it's nighttime. <laughs> Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. 
What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm-hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! Our first question is, quote, an acquaintance texted me to ask me for my email in order to invite me to her housewarming party. And I was honestly a little surprised to be invited, but touched that they thought of me. I was very cordial, thanked them for the invite, and replied with my email so they could follow up with all the details. At this point, all I had was the date. But then, radio silence. She did not acknowledge the text back, nor did I receive the email invitation. Should I follow it up? This event has already happened and I did not attend, but I'm asking because I'm still thinking about it. Mm. It's happened to me multiple times where someone's- Multiple times. Yeah. And then I'll just text. I, I say, I'm holding that date, but I didn't get a follow-up. And then people will be like, oh, I haven't sent it out yet because I'm afraid I missed it. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. But I just text and I ask in a very, not in any kind of a accusatory or what's going on, just, oh, I'm holding the date. I didn't get any other info. Just wanted to check in. Yeah. I mean, I think the wrinkle here is that this was an acquaintance. And so what I think happened here is that this text was sent by mistake and that this person was not supposed to be invited. And the person realized that and froze and didn't respond. That's my interpretation here. Oh my goodness. That's so much more. Oh, you didn't get more, that? No, I just felt like it was an error. Uh, yeah. Because if you, if I send a text out to somebody and I didn't mean to text, send it to them, I would have followed through. I already sent the text. I, I, they've been invited. I'm going to invite them. Well, that would be the correct response for etiquette. The next step would be to apologize. Oh, this was sent to you by mistake and at least acknowledge the error. Very awkward, but at least there would be a response. The third option is to ghost, which is what has happened here. So I think that's what happened here. (sighs) Yeah. Because it was like an acquaintance. I don't really know you. Why am I inviting an acquaintance to my housewarming anyway? Like that does sound like maybe a mistake was made. Oh, wow. You know, Mm -hmm. I never even would have thought of that. But I guess I'm more (laughs) cynical. (laughs) 
Always looking at the dark side and things. Well, sometimes things go into spam. No, there's lots of things that could have happened here. And it doesn't actually matter what has happened here because I think you can respond either way. I think just following up, totally fine. And if it was an error, then it just forces them to like own up to it, which is fine. Oh, you're saying she should follow up or he should follow up after the fact now that it's gone? No, no, no. I mean, I follow up before it happens. Now that it's over. Now that it's over, I I think we just let it go. Yeah, there's nothing that can be done. But no, it's the same strategy you were talking about. You just assume that you didn't get the thing yet or that there was some email problem or whatever. To not respond to the text is why I think like, oh, this was like a mistake. But I think you just follow up like, hey, didn't get that email yet. Are you still having a party on Saturday? I think that you just say that. Yeah. Value neutral, not judgmental. And then that would be their opportunity to either fess up like, oh, I didn't mean to invite you, which would be super rude at that point. Also mind blowing. If that has happened to anybody out there, please tell us because I want to know who this person is who texts back and says, you know what? I texted you by mistake. Yeah. And we'll show up at their house and we'll have some (laughs) words. Also, I would just like to interview them and see how they live their whole life. You know? Yeah. What part of you thought this was okay? How does your brain work? Yeah. We want to study it. So I think, yeah, you just follow up value neutral tone. Just assume that it was just an innocent mistake. And if we see this person, I think we don't say, I think we pretend it never happened. I don't think we bring it up like, oh, how was your housewarming party? Yeah, I think we would have to pretend we never happened. Or we could see them. We could do the most things where we see them, but we don't pretend we see them, but we glare at them. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that, everybody. I'm totally kidding. I'm that's totally kidding. Leave I mean, it's a joke, not Katie. a joke, but it's not how I think we should handle it. I'm saying that's Correct. one of the bad options that seems attractive for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Very satisfying option. But also, why you also want to follow up is that they may think that you're rude because they sent you an invitation that you ignored and then you didn't show up to the party. That's why I always follow up because that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. So that's why we just want to clarify. Because like so often etiquette is about clarifying and not assuming things. And so sometimes you just want to clarify and that's polite. So our next question is, quote, when is it appropriate to Google someone? I recently went to a new doctor and confessed to him that I Googled him, but quote, not in a creepy way. I feel like I would get along with this person because I'd say, oh, I Googled you. Oh, not in a creepy way. And then you're just like trying to dig yourself out. And then you're like, why do I, you know? So there are two questions here. When should you Google someone? And then when should you admit that you did it? These are two things. Also, I think everybody's Googling their doctors. I think you can just, that's like ZocDoc. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think standard. That's why it's there. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also a difference between, are you Googling somebody you have a professional relationship with or somebody you have a personal relationship with? Also, I guess you could be Googling your doctor and then finding their Instagram and then like looking at pictures of their house, which I think is maybe odd, but live your life. Well, but that's why there's two (laughs) things here. One is, when should you admit it? And so I think you're welcome to find your doctor's Instagram, like have at it, see what they're up to, but do not admit it. Don't bring it up. Don't be like, I like the pictures of your dog because then as a doctor, I would put in their file stalker. Right. Yeah, no, that is alarming because it feels like some invasion. Definitely. Similarly, like don't Google your doctor and be like, oh yeah, I found on page 40 of the Google results an article you wrote for your high school newspaper 40 years ago. (laughs) Tell me about woodworking. How's your wife, Nancy? Oh, Oh, terrifying. (laughs) I'd call two nurses in immediately. But I think it's fine to Google people you have a professional relationship with as part of the professional due diligence you might want to do before hiring them or like knowing what they're up to or are they the right vendor for you kind of idea. Yeah, like regular work research. But for Googling personal relationships, like people you might be going on a date with, I think that is a little trickier. 
Like, I think you should Google someone to satisfy any safety issues. So make sure they're like who they say they are. You're not being catfished, like satisfy safety concerns. But I think we want to maybe not go past that. They aren't on the lamb. I don't know if we use that term anymore, but that's a solid Google. I mean, that sounds like a very exciting date. (laughs) (laughs) Are we on a date running from the law together? But if they're on the lamb and then you Google them and then you know that now you're a betting and like, who needs that? That's true. Then you would have to cancel the date or call a lawyer. We don't want to abet crimes. That just takes a crimp out of your evening. (laughs) So you want plausible deniability on that. It's true. I don't really want to know everything about a person. It feels invasive in some way. But I think a lot of people aren't like that. Right. And I guess, fine, if you want to do that, you want to look up your date's property address, find their mortgage, look up the real estate listing, look at the floor plan, see if there's enough closet space for you before you go on your first date. Like, you can do all that, but then you just have to keep that to yourself. And so you have to be real casual. Like, oh, so where do you live? You know, so you just have to be very cool about it. And you can't just like, bring up the fact that you know. And I think most people probably can't do that. Yeah, and I think that if you did all those things, know that maybe you're being invasive. Yeah, it is totally invasive. Also, it's manipulative too. Because if you start bringing up things that you know they like, like you've seen on their Instagram that they like surfing, and then you just sort of like bring up how like, you're into surfing now. That's a little manipulative. You're specifically picking things from their interests that maybe they didn't volunteer or bring up on their own. So I think that could be a little manipulative. Uh, Or you could just be like, you know, since we're meeting online, I checked out your Instagram. I saw you liked surfing. I also like surfing. Yeah, I think if it's something that they've offered up, so like any information on your doctor's website or if they've linked to their Instagram or their LinkedIn or on a dating profile, if they've linked to their Instagram, like then that's all fair game. But I think if you've dug for something that they have not sort of presented, yeah. that is where it gets trickier. If you paid somebody on the dark web to find their back history, I think, mm. Yes, if you've gone through their garbage, <laughs> maybe too far. I see that you like almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question is, quote, I joined a community orchestra about two years ago, and the woman who played first chair for my instrument, we'll call her Lisa, was really unpleasant, snide, and passive-aggressive. Our relationship, quote-unquote, deteriorated to the point where we wound up in a shouting argument in rehearsal one day. Eventually, Lisa left the group, which was wonderful. Last year, I invited the orchestra to rehearse in my backyard because it's big and my neighbors loved it. We stopped in the winter, and now that the weather is nice again, the orchestra manager has asked if the orchestra can play in my yard again. However, he also mentioned that Lisa may be returning to the group. I actively dislike Lisa and do not want her in my house or on my property. So I want to know, can I allow the orchestra to play in my yard, but only on the condition that Lisa not come to those rehearsals? Am I being petty? It's your home. True. I also think they openly have bad blood. Yeah, it seems hostile. And this orchestra, it's not like you originally invited the orchestra over and said everybody can come except Lisa. She wasn't there the first time you invited people. Right, that's all fine. So now that the parameters have changed, I don't think you have to agree to it. I think it's fine to say, hey, um, as you know, it's very public. Lisa and I don't get along. I don't feel comfortable having her in my home. Yeah, I mean, I guess, what are your options? Your options are to tell the orchestra now, but I don't think we want to make the orchestra choose between you and Lisa. So I don't think we want to present it that way. I think you're not making them choose between you and Lisa. You're saying you're welcome to use my property as long as Lisa's not there. You're not choosing between you and Lisa. You're choosing between using my property and Lisa. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's an option. The other option is you just tough it out. You know, you just let somebody you don't like on your property and just tough it out. How horrible is that? Maybe it's horrible. Maybe it's horrible. We don't know what this Lisa, what she's capable of, what she did. True. Yes. I guess if we're worried about property damage or theft, <laughs> then I guess we don't want Lisa on the property. Or you just don't want somebody in your home. I think that's fair. It's at, obviously if it was in a neutral environment, you have no say whether or not Lisa comes back, but on right. your, in your house. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way. Although what I really feel like needs to happen is, can we just like hash it out with Lisa and come to some detente? Because like, even if she's in the orchestra and it's not in my house, she's still in the orchestra and she plays the same instrument. And so we're sitting next to each other probably. And so like, that's awkward. So maybe we need to make an effort to like resolve whatever is happening. I don't know. I believe in our letter writers as they are raised by Wolves listeners. And I feel like she tried. And then Lisa was quote, unpleasant, snide and passive aggressive. And she reached her breaking point and was like, I'm not putting up with this anymore. Okay. Yeah. Why am I, why am I not on board? hundred percent. I guess I'm on board. Yeah. Don't have her in your house. No, I think that what you're saying is very, how can we make this work for everybody? I think that's. I'm trying to split the baby a little bit. Yeah. But I guess we just don't like Lisa and she's not making an effort and we don't want her in a house. And so we're not going to have her in our house. Yeah. It's your house. And so I'm sorry that the orchestra can't play here. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Are you being petty? A little bit. I don't, I don't even think so. I don't know if it's- It depends on what happened here. We weren't there. We don't have details about these altercations, these multiple events. Yeah, I'm assuming Lisa is egregious and that's why it's gone this far. Right. Although Lisa is apparently very comfortable of returning to the orchestra. So from Lisa's perspective, she's happy to make it awkward. Well, I do find that some very aggressive people are very happy to live that way. That's true. Some people actually thrive on that. Yeah, it just keeps them going. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, all right. No orchestra in your yard if there's Lisa. And that is our official ruling. (laughs) I feel like I really pushed it that way. So. No, I'm on board. No, sometimes it just takes me a little while to like warm up to what you're saying. And then I'm on board. And then here we are. Now it's definitive. (laughs) So do you want definitive answers from us? Let us know. Send us your questions to worryraisedbywolves.com or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the Book of the Month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by the Kelly Corrigan Wonders podcast. She has written four New York Times bestsellers and hosts a great interview show on PBS. She's been on the Today Show a bunch and the Oprah magazine calls Kelly the voice of a generation. Recently on her podcast, 
Kelly Corrigan wonders, Kelly teamed up with Christy Turlington Burns for a special series talking to icons like Bono, Spike Lee, Jennifer Garner, Amy Schumer, and Cindy Crawford about their mothers. They share tender, candid, and often funny family stories that will help you reflect on your own childhood in new ways. Don't miss these magical conversations on the Kelly Corrigan Wonders podcast. Listen to Kelly Corrigan Wonders wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we're back. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently. Or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? You know, I think I've had multiple weeks of repenting in a row. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the statistics, but okay. I feel like I've done a lot of repents and (laughs) this week I came in with two vents and I couldn't find, I I was like, which one irritates me more? Mm. So we're, we're swinging the pendulum back in the other direction and I'm going to go for a vent. Great. Bring it. What has happened? So this is a culmination Mm. of Leah hitting her limit. Uh And you know, I have hit my limit because I just referred to myself in the third person. So (laughs) that is, it's serious (laughs) now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, you know how you have like a week where the same thing keeps happening and you're like, oh, the universe is. Yeah. It's a signal. Yeah. So I just got it within a three to four day span, multiple emails and by multiple, I mean at least five of people asking questions that were beyond acceptable. Mm. Not just like, oh, they can ask and I can say no. Things that really blew my mind. And I have always tried to be the kind of person who responds to things. I want people to feel like they're heard. I want to be fair. But at a certain point, the amount of energy I lose trying to respond to emails that are ludicrous, I've hit my (laughs) limit. And if... As you've often said, no answer is an answer. And I haven't, Mm. I've rarely done that, but I'm not, I think I'm going to start doing it a lot more. If you send an email that is, you know better, you know, you shouldn't ask that. You're not getting an email back from me anymore. Trying to like find a nice way to say this is, wasn't inappropriate. I'm not spending my mental energy anymore finding a okay way to explain back to you why that's not possible. You know why it's not possible. I, this uh, this has to stop. And that's why this is an etiquette crime. Because these people know, or they should know, that what they're asking is totally inappropriate. And by asking you, they are asking you to take time to respond. And when you take time from people, this sounds like theft. They are stealing time from you. And that is rude. Definitely maddening. Yeah, totally agree. Thank you. So I'm sorry this happened to you, but doesn't it feel good just to like, just delete it. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to have to take a few more steps where I stop thinking about it. Sure. But I think this is pretty big for me to be like, I'm not even respond. I can't, you know, you know that that was an uh, email that doesn't get a response. They know. Or they'll soon know when they don't get a response. So that's fine. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Well, for me, I would also like to vent. Thank goodness. So as you may recall, on a recent episode, you were talking about the phrase, well, I was just trying to help you out. <laughs> and how horrible that is. So I would like to add another phrase to our list of things we hate. Yes. And so (laughs) that is, well, you're entitled to your opinion. Ugh. Because this is uh, dismissive. It is patronizing. Yeah. What a horrible phrase. And what this really means is that not only do I disagree with you, but your opinion is also wrong. And it's a shame that you're not smarter to realize it. 
Like, that's what you're saying. You're trying to end a debate. And it's usually said when someone doesn't actually have any facts to back up their debate and argument. They're just trying to shut it down. So true. You're like, oh, well, you're just, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. So someone did this to me this week. And what was particularly maddening was that we weren't actually talking about an opinion. It was actually facts we were talking about. This was basically somebody who uh, has done work for me and they wanted me to renew the contract. And I was like, oh, unfortunately we won't be moving forward, but thank you. And they pressed me for reasons why. And so I was like, okay, well you uh, change your prices with one day's notice. So that didn't give me a lot of time to like prepare. And you also deliver late most of the time. So it's just not a good fit. And then they say, well, you're entitled to your own opinion. And it's like, that's not an opinion. Those are things that have happened in the world. Those are facts. It's like, oh, sunset's at 7.30 tonight. Well, you're entitled to your own opinion. Sir, uh, actually, I'm in 22A. Well, you're entitled to your own opinion. It's like, no, no. There's just things that exist in the world that are true. These are not opinions. And uh, I'm entitled to facts, I guess. So I don't care for this. Oh, I'm like, for for those at home, I'm like rubbing my head. Because how maddening. How maddening. Yeah, yeah. So I don't uh, like the dismissiveness of it. I don't like how it's sort of condescending and patronizing. And also, like, what do you say back? Because anything you say back to this also sounds sort of defensive. And it's sort of like, ugh. So I just ignored it. But add it to the list. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that one's on the list. It is so rude. Right. So just trying to help you out. (laughs) I think we should really keep this list going because- I have a list going. That's so yeah. great. I And that's no, no. so true when people say that. It's, it's always when you're bringing up a fact and you're like, this is not an opinion. Yeah, it's sort of a cousin of, well, let's agree to disagree, <laughs> yes. but so much worse. Oh, it is so, so much, much worse because of the, what you said about it being condescending and dismissive. Yeah, so um, I don't care for that. Mm. Leah, what have we learned? I learned the term chuckers, which I have never heard it. I'm so excited for it. It's such a fun, who knew? I had no idea. Well. I mean, you knew. I knew. (laughs) And I learned that at the beach, you love other people's music. I'll dance to it. So thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. He would. So for your homework this week, did you know that we have merchandise? We've got tote bags and mugs and baby bibs and all sorts of other stuff. So go to our website, check out our store, and see if there's something you like. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. I was in a lift the other night. A car or an elevator? I was in a car. Okay. And my driver, whose name was Eduardo, we were talking about driving in Los Angeles. And, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a learning curve. And he's like, you know, you do it a few times, you get used to it. And then I, what I was particularly talking about was street parking. Mm. And Eduardo pulled over. And we went over all his secret tips for easy street parking. Wow. And I was like, what a delight. What a delight. And he was so confident in me and my abilities. It made me feel amazing. And he actually, you know, showed me some really good tips for a quick parallel park. And I just want to say shout out to Eduardo. You are amazing. (laughs) And his confidence in me made me feel better. I was like, yeah, of course I can do this. Love it. Thank you. And for me, we got this lovely review for our show, which is, quote, 
I love this pod. It's so easy to listen to, and I'm also able to share it with my daughter, and we can discuss etiquette together. That's a major plus, as she's six years old, and I want to impart the importance of etiquette and manners without making it seem like you have to be a doormat to others. I've always been enthralled by etiquette, and this podcast just makes my heart happy. I cannot stop talking about it. So nice. Isn't that nice? I love it when parents share our show with kids because it makes me have hope for the future. Just so nice. So thank you. Thank you. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm-hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting. New season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Block Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. 